Perhaps you're feeling weary today, or you may be overflowing with great joy. Is your heart hurting, filled with fear or sorrow? Friends, we want you to know that God's Word is able to wash over you and flood your thirsty soul because it is living water. Through His Word, our thoughts are guided toward peace, strength, comfort, courage, and gratitude as we walk one day at a time with God. This podcast is part of the global outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome to Walk with God. Welcome to Walk with God. My name is Brenda. Each week, as Walt and I study and talk about the lesson, we take time to pray for you, the listeners. And while we don't know each of your names and don't know your faces, don't see them, the Lord does. And so we ask him to guide our words in order that we would accurately share the truth found in his word. This is our daily bread, and it provides what we need, what each of us need, in order to walk with the Lord in this moment today. And so that is a reason why we bring Walk with God to you. And we are walking through the Old Testament book of Haggai right now, one of those minor prophets, kind of have to blow the dust out of those pages in your Bible. And even though it is referred to as a minor prophet, I hope that as you've been listening the past few weeks, that you realize it does not take away from the important value of the message found in this small book. And it has very real application for each of us in our lives, even right today. Well, Haggai 2.4 says that we are to take courage, and that message came from the prophet first to, to Zerubbabel, and then again he says, take courage to Joshua, the high priest, and then he says, all you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord. And remember, as we finished um, last time with you, we re- said that that repetition, that three times in Hebrew is, as it were, an exclamation point, take courage, Take courage, take courage. And then that verse ends with, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. I'm with you, the Lord of hosts. And we are going to see that phrase this week. In verse 5, we see that we serve a God who always keeps his promise. Listen, verse 5 says, As for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. He tells us, do not fear. Why? Because I'm with you wherever you are. You're not alone. And that is a promise. Well, Walt, I just want to tell you, I enjoy hearing you teach this passage. I've heard you teach it in the past, and it's been refreshing these weeks as we've reviewed the verses together. I see your excitement as you prepare, as as these truths in God's Word open up. And these next few verses we're going to look at today have some powerful truth, and I'm excited to hear you expound upon them today. You love teaching from the uh, no, Old Testament. N- no pressure, no pressure as <laughs> no, you pile it on. Yeah. 
Um, so but, true. But again, I love this section of, of, of Scripture. I, I, I do say it has great application for today. And, and we're reminded that God keeps his promises. He's a promise-keeping God. When he makes a promise, <laughs> you can take it to the bank. And, and it's true because he is a powerful God. He's the Lord of hosts. This phrase is going to be used a number of times. And let's read a couple more of them. In six verses, it reoccurs six times. So verses six and seven say this, For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and I'm going to shake the earth. I'm going to shake the sea also. I'm going to shake the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the wealth of all the nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. And right now, we could take a, um, a break and, and from this passage, and we could just spend uh, the next three, four sessions together talking about glory and the importance of glory. But um, when when God says that that He's going to fill this house with glory, um, th- that's a, a a very specific reference to the glory that was in the temple, um, and also the glory that before that was with the tabernacle, and and um, one of the great places in Scripture to see this is Second Chronicles seven when uh, after building um, the 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 temple Solomon. Um, or goes in and he has a time when he's going to pray over it and open up the temple. And it says this, Second Chronicles 7, 1 to 3, Now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house, and the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. All the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed down on the pavement with their faces on the ground. And they worshiped and gave praise to the Lord, saying, Truly, he is good. Truly, his loving kindness, his loving kindness, his chesed, his loyal covenant-keeping love is everlasting. It will last forever. And, and we don't have time to go to all these verses, but in Ezekiel 10 and 11, we see because of the disobedience of the people, God's taking the glory out of his temple. And because of that, now the Babylonians can come in and destroy it, and they did. But there's also the encouragement of Ezekiel 43 when it says there's coming a day when the glory's coming back. And it gives some specific references. It's coming back via the hill to the east of Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives. And that's a, that's a really um, important and prophetic place. I love teaching up on the Mount of Olives about God's glory. Well, as we looked at verses 6 and 7, um, you had also mentioned the Lord of hosts and the repetition that we're seeing um, in today's verses. And we saw it up um, earlier as I had us review verse 4, uh, declares the Lord of hosts. And then now in 6, we're seeing it, says the Lord of hosts. At the end of seven, says the Lord of hosts. And so we're we're getting an idea. Here's this repetition again, right? Right, right. And and again, that's a great phrase. The Lord of hosts focuses in on God's glory and his power and his majesty, but also his dominion over the angels in heaven. And so when he says, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, and how is he going to do that? Well, he's the Lord of hosts. He He can send the armies from heaven. 
and he can make mankind just flee and disappear and be destroyed. He is powerful, and he is over the angelic realm. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's created the heaven and earth, the sea, the dry land, um, and he's watching over the nations. Um, I see, you know, in seven, they will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house with glory again says the Lord of hosts. Well, Walt, you know, when we talk about the glory of the Lord, it, it reminds me of a famous hymn that we sing at Christmas time. Hark the herald angels sing, Charles Wesley. And I love these lines from that hymn. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. It reminds me of Matthew 17, 5, where the glory of Jesus was revealed for a brief time. One day, that veil was pulled back as he stood with Moses and Elijah, and Peter, James, and John looked on with great awe and wonder. <laughs> they wanted to build booths. They wanted to set up camp and stay there. Yeah, they were caught here. up in the glory of that, right? Yep. Of that moment. And and there in Matthew, we see this beautiful statement from God, the Heavenly Father. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Friends, that is Jesus. That is God's Son. The glory, that veil was pulled back that day, and Peter, James, and John got to look on and see that. Well, let's look at verses 8 and 9 in Haggai 2. They read, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. Remember that, there it is again. The latter glory of this house will be greater than, Then the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. And even just remembering back to last week, we talked about comparison, and we talked about in Second Chronicles 3 that Solomon's temple, just in gold alone, had over $1.3 billion worth of gold. And and that doesn't include the silver or the precious stones or the timbers or I mean, it was spectacular, and I, I just have to imagine that these people that are working on this new temple or the second temple, and, and it's they're not wealthy. As a matter of fact, the, the text goes out of the way to say they, they've had bad, lean years. And yeah, so they've got their pockets have holes in them. Their pockets have holes in them. These are not wealthy people, and, and I just find it amazing. God says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Mm. Don't compare what you're doing now, your obedience to me. Don't compare that to to just the, the financial cost of this old building. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I, I, I got, wait, I go got ahead. to jump in here one second. Because I have to say, as you're saying that, I'm in my mind's eye, Walt, I am standing on the Mount of Olives right now, yeah. and I'm looking over at the Temple Mount. Now, of course, the Temple's not there today. When you go to Israel with us, you, you do want to go to Israel with us. But as I stand there so many times on trips, Walt, I have just closed my eyes, and I've just thought, Lord, what did this place look like? What was it like? Whether it was Solomon's temple or the second temple, amazing, right? Yeah, it was spectacular. Actually, one of the places we love to go 
in um, Jerusalem is to the the museum complex, and then they have this um, this replication of what. Um, the Jerusalem would have looked like at the time of Jesus, and as you look around, you're like, "Wow, this was this was spectacular." Mm. So again, these people are saying, "How can we compare to that?" And I love how this passage ends. This God, who is the the Lord of Hosts, He says, "And in this place, I will give peace," declares the Lord of Hosts. Now, how's that going to happen? I mean, what what peace is God going to give? Well, God is going to send the Prince of Peace into the world. And Isaiah chapter 9 talks about a child will be born, a son will be given, and his names, his throne names will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal or Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Those are names for God alone. And that's what he's saying, that he's going to, a child's going to be born, a son will be given, and when this happens, there will be an opportunity for peace. Eventually, peace in the world worldwide, but but also peace um, with individuals. We can be at peace with God. That's one of the great benefits of having a faith relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We know that we're at peace. And again, the Lord of hosts says he can do this. He can bring glory to this house. He can bring peace to your life and to the life of these people who are trying to just follow the Lord. And, and probably it's time to talk about some head-to-heart applications that we can draw from these verses today, um, even as we begin with that. And Brenda, jump right in. And the, the people are looking around them, and they, they have an earthly perspective, and their perspective is what we are building cannot compare to, to what Solomon did. I mean, we, we don't have the people, we don't have the wealth, we don't have the power, um, but God is encouraging them with his perspective. And the people, as they're discouraged, the, the work is overwhelming. They're, remember, they're a month and a half into this. Um, it should be a time of harvest, but they're not having a great harvest because they've been disobedient these previous years. And even as you're talking about that, well, that idea that God's encouraging them with his perspective, how can we lean into God? What You know, I'm sitting in a situation right now today, you know, any of our listeners find themselves in a hard spot, a difficult situation in their lives. You know, how, how do we get God's perspective? Well, one of, one of the ways we do that is we embrace who God is through his attributes. He's, he is omniscient. He knows the future. He knows what's coming. He's eternal. He, he knows the beginning from the end. He is the everlasting God. And so we lean into him and in the midst of that. And, and then that also goes back to peace when, you know, as you just wrapped up verse nine there, that peace that comes from God. Why? Because he is sovereign and he knows and what will happen. He's watching over us. He's providing. He's caring for us. You know, and even as we think about this, um, God is providing for us. He is caring. And he says, I have a plan for you. It involves peace. And that's just great. There, There's so much anxiety right now and, and discouragement and dis- depression. But God says that as we get to know him and as we focus in on his perspective, he can change our mindset. And when we think about the future glory that awaits, it, it, it changes our perspective. Um, I, I was, you were, we were all of us were intended to have a, a walk with God that, that was delightful in the garden. <laughs> that, that was our heritage. 
but we lost that. And because of that, there's been this desire to get back to the garden. Um, but there's a glory that comes and awaits us. In Romans eight seventeen, it says, Now, if we are children, we're heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, so that we may be also glorified with him. And just as Jesus was glorified, when, when, when we see Jesus, he will come in power and glory. No, not a babe in a manger, but he will come the line of the tribe of Judah, Revelation says. And he will come with power and glory, and he'll come with a host of heaven. Now, does that kind of remind you of something? <laughs> that, mm-hmm. You know, that the Lord of hosts? Well, Jesus is the Lord of hosts. Mm-hmm. He will lead the armies of heaven, and he will wipe out any that are in rebellion against mm-hmm. him. And then again, I love this, God offers peace through the Prince of Peace. And that leads to a conversation about you. We, ha- we don't know who you are. We don't know what your faith journey has been. But do you know the Prince of Peace? Um, do you have peace with the Heavenly Father because you've trusted in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross to take your sins upon himself? And by faith, you've started that relationship. You can follow him daily. And if you want that peace and that perspective for your life, it, you do it by faith. And so this is just a, um, an encouragement. If, if you're listening and you're not sure that you're, um, you have union with God through Christ, you can do that today, even just by saying a simple prayer like this. Uh, God, the Father, I know that you love me. Your word is full of teachings about that. And I just ask that in your kindness, you would help me to, to repent of my sins and to trust, to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and that he might make me a new creature and that he might make me destined for glory. And Father, I just ask that you would um, kindly move in the hearts of people that might be listening. And if people are, are even struggling, said, I did that in the past, but it doesn't seem to be working. Come to the Lord. Take courage. Realize this, that God is with you. When you're in Christ Jesus, God is with you, declares the Lord of hosts. And he's a promise-keeping God, and he's true because he is a powerful God, the Lord of hosts. Well, those are great summary words and just that that invitation. And friends, that that's our heart's desire. Our heart's desire through this podcast is to open God's word to share truth from it, to give you some head-to-heart application, and then just to call you into a regular daily time when you will open God's Word. And sometimes it might just be a few verses. When I think about today, we have literally shared Haggai 2, verses 4 through 9. Take courage, work, for I am with you, declares the word, the Lord of hosts. Yes, he's a promise-keeping God. He's a powerful God. He is the Lord of hosts. Friends, until our next time together, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.